0: You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal revealing stories. She whispered. Did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach General Star Eliza Heimbach speaking how may I into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. What is a problem with the sex? You just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: And welcome back to this week's episode of 11D Life, where we are doing album commentary on the Basic Glitches album. And this is the, we're starting on to the back half of the record. And this is unprecedented for us because we're doing our first rock candy crossover episodes with Sacred Tension. <laughs> I'm gonna let you fill that in.
0: <laughs> yes. So and
2: we, so we recorded uh, the first two episodes that you that you heard already last week. It was super super fun. And I'm looking forward to doing it again this week.
1: Hooray! Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be so much fun. I and also, so, I feel honored. And also for uh, Sacred Tension listeners, Matt Langston is. A, my personal Lord and Savior, because he is <laughs> <laughs> he is the one who who helped me get sacred tension off of the ground and I'm the
2: shittiest Lord and Savior that you'll ever claim. <laughs> well, you're
1: better than Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> um so Shots fired. (laughs) Hot take. Um, And he does all the music for the show. So all the music that you hear on Sacred Tension and on the Patreon podcast, House of Heretics, that all comes from the Jelly Rocks, which is his solo project, and 117, which is his band. So there you go. So now we are going to cover his latest album, Basic Glitches.
2: (laughs) Yay. You feel good about that? You feel like you've informed your listeners well enough?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think they're on top of it <laughs> <clears throat> I mean I'm just trying to put it into context because it's like lately I've just been having lots of deviants and satanists and sex workers and authors and scientists and now it's like fucking Matt Langston <laughs> like <laughs> where does he fit in, the, in this lineup
2: <laughs> yeah the speed just dropped to 20 I'm sorry <laughs> yeah I'm happy to have you on YouTube our podcast though Yeah, we need to, it's
1: been way too long. I need to have you on more often. That's
2: true. It is true. (laughs) People love you. So we're essentially just like talking through some commentary on the album, and this week we are starting out with a song off of Basic Glitches called Cookie, and... (laughs) I'm... Okay. Are are yes. you looking up the lyrics to it? Now? I have the lyrics you right have in front l- of me. Okay. So I thought maybe we would start with a dramatic reading of some of Steven's favorite lines of the song. Because I yeah, feel I, like if I you haven't... read the lyrics to this song, they sound immensely ridiculous (laughs) fucking hilarious
1: okay so we're in the second half of the album so it is so what i like about this album is that it's all about duality and so the first half of the album is very dark and existential and working through like trauma and grief from growing up in the christian world right and now we are into the kind of silly side of
2: the album right (laughs) I I actually think that's a really good and important preface. Yes. Um, As I feel like I've talked about this before to some degree, but it's really important to me to be as honest as I can be in the music that I create about who I am as a person and what I'm going through because I feel like the honesty resonates with other people who want to hear honesty and who appreciate it in their own lives. And so I am the kind of person that likes to sit down and dive into all of these different dramatic things and explore them and and do my best to be vulnerable in the songs that I write. But then after I've done that, I feel like I kind of need like a cracker to reset my taste buds. <laughs> and so the so other half of the is record the is just, it's immensely silly. It's fun. Right. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I feel like it.
1: there's always been this kind of, Goofy, silly side to your music that doesn't take itself very seriously. Absolutely. And that's what I love about it. So it's like this combination of very real trauma and existential angst and kind of working through that. And that's been true for a lot of your recent. Music, yeah. But then, throughout your whole <laughs> catalog of music, <laughs> it it never takes itself too seriously, and I really like that. So this song reminds me of a Nicki Minaj song. Oh, okay, which one? It, uh, Starships. Ah, yeah. Or or just it has that vibe. Okay. To it. <clears throat> So I have not chosen a favorite <laughs> lyric from this song so I'll just okay. I'll just start <clears throat> go for it Never made it in the punk rock crowd I beep boop just a little too loud I'm pet cemetery can't keep me down now Hey Mr. Sound Guy just make me loud guy <laughs> google search you can find me on a mission with a stacked backpack full of whack ambition now the whole planet is my brand new kitchen i'm mixing up fixins' like a sunday <laughs> dinner now soak it all in but remember a true butterfly knows that he come from a caterpillar Let the fruit show where the root comes from. Some people earn wings. Some find them in the trust fund. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I go on or is that enough? I think that's enough.
2: That's probably enough. (laughs) Um,
0: What I should (laughs) do is take
2: take everything that you just said and actually put it over the song itself. Just like mute my vocals and put your, and just have it be the Stephen I agree. The, the S. Bradford. Can long we can we mix. do like a
1: spoken word version of your album, like <laughs> yeah, a B-side?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and there's a very limited uh, market for that, but yeah, someone <laughs> will love it. That <laughs> some, one person Somebody might. Yeah, so this was literally just like a fun. I want to call it a throwaway pop tune. Oh, actually, my favorite. Okay. My favorite line, and I, and I don't
1: know why, is put a fist through a rich kid's mouth, played <laughs> a lot of rock shows nobody gave a shit about. So I really wanted to put just that one segment yeah, um, as like an outro or something for yeah. one of my shows. But then I was like, you know what? Someone is going to hear that and hear it way out of context and be like, Stephen Bradford Long and Matt Langston are now advocating for violence. <laughs> <laughs> And just take it way out of context. I I think the weird thing is
2: you can do a lot of you can do a lot of different things in a pop song. Yeah. And it's like it's this weird kind of space where everything kind of goes and you can say what you want to say. There's so many pop songs that are about really, really tough topics. Like a, a lot of pop songs include references to rape, to overdose, to horrific acts of violence to depression to suicide and i've always kind of found that attractive about a pop song because in the same way that like comedy is a vehicle for social commentary it's a way of holding holding the social zeitgeist accountable and poking fun Mm. at social norms and questioning social norms in the same way i feel like what attracts me to pop music is that it kind of does the same thing
1: yeah, in in such a way that makes it very accessible, right? Like in such a way that you you can just enjoy the beat and the music and have fun with that, or you can actually listen to what you're saying,
2: right? Or you can dive in and be like, "What <laughs> the fuck is what happening?" What is right actually <laughs> going on?
1: Um, <clears throat> okay, so Matt, yes, what is this song about?
2: Okay, so it, this is essentially like I when I'm writing songs, I go through a lot of different uh, lyrical revisions. Let's just say like trying to write a song that's like really gut-wrenchingly honest for me, those end up being the songs that are on the first half of the record. I go through a lot of different lyric revisions and I try a bunch of stuff out, but in the midst of like getting myself prepped to write lyrics or to say things that I feel like are fun – or that I want to say, or lyrics that I want to hear. I go through these writing exercises where it's just kind of like free form thought. Like I'm, I'm sure that you did this in high school in in your like writing courses or whatever you took. Um, Are you talking to me or yeah to, to you? No, I I never did. You that. You never did. No, I'm this. kidding. Of oh, course okay. I did. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't remember. What, I can't remember what they call if, if they call it free form writing or but it's essentially stream just of stream of stream of consciousness. consciousness, like whatever pops into your head. Just start writing it down. Yay,
1: Virginia Woolf. She's yeah. the one who started that idea. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Virginia.
1: Thanks, Virginia.
2: Um, And I kind of love it because it starts pulling these weird different thoughts that are rolling around in my subconscious. And then once I get them down on paper, I can kind of look back over them and see that it kind of really did come from a from a real place. It wasn't just me making up words. And I feel like Cookie is kind of that. It is silly. It is just a throwaway pop tune. But I feel like there's some joy in it or that I get from There's it. a lot of joy in it. Yeah. Like, never made it in the punk rock crowd. We started, we, our band started out as a punk rock band, and we never fit in. <laughs> we, like, with the other punk rock bands. It Why was, is that? I don't know.
1: Was it because you, you didn't take yourself seriously I, enough? I
2: th- yeah, actually, I was just talking to Jessica about this last night. Jessica, it was exa- your wife. Jessica, my wife.
1: Your dear wife. It was exactly just that. Just to clarify that you are straight.
2: Right. I was talking to her about one of the things I was most proud of or that I am most proud of about our band is that we never really did take ourselves that seriously and maybe to the detriment of like success or not being able to achieve a lot of the other things that other bands have been able to achieve. But I just remember so much of touring, being on tour with bands who were just like, I mean, they were like prepping their hair backstage before they went on. Yeah. They were, you know, Constantly meeting with other song like the whole idea of them being in a band was just to be successful, was to play this role of being a rock band that people admired and looked up to and right that want they wanted to be like. And it was never our intention to be cultural trendsetters, you know what I mean? Or to Mm -hmm. be looked up to or admired in that way. We always just wanted to have fun. Just wanted to have fun and just wanted to help facilitate joy
1: yeah and I think you do I think in some way well like going to your live shows I feel like you do that really really well like the the banter that you and Davey have is so fucking hilarious (laughs) and (laughs) like the back and forth between you and Davey and I've I kind of approach your live shows with some trepidation because I'm like I have no fucking clue what he's going to (laughs) say like what is going to come out of Matt's mouth how incriminating is it going to be And it, I don't know. It's just so much fun.
2: No, it it is because I I feel like live shows for me are also kind of stream of consciousness, which is why I try not to talk as much in between songs anymore (laughs) because I can get myself into a a rat's nest pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've watched you get yourself into a rat's nest.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you're still friends with me, Steven. I
1: am. After all this time. That's so kind of you. After all these years. Yeah.
2: Um, so that's the never made in a punk rock crowd line. Beat boop a little too loud. That was even within our own band. Like when we were first starting out, I was always kind of pushing to move towards more like synthesizers and uh, mm-hmm. pop electronic sort of stuff. And gamer
1: boy music. Gamer boy music. And which I love. It, I right. love it.
2: I love it too. The I've other guys in our band it. felt like it was not... Felt like that wasn't as respectable. Or that was like a harder thing to walk into a venue and appear like Which a tough fine. guy. When yeah. you know Matt shows up with this Hello Kitty backpack and a little tiny synthesizer, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we're tough. Just don't look at our lead singer." I love that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's great. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Thinking about that because I so I spent some time in the music world in the classical side of things, and I've encountered that exact same thing. Just people who are so unbelievably full of themselves and it just creates this toxic, mm. awful, ugly space. And I honestly think that's one reason why I left the classical music world. I don't yeah. consider myself a musician anymore. It was not a great experience. And just wanted to look at everyone in that setting and be like, you know what? It's it's uh, including myself because I was kind of that way too. Yeah. Just eventually getting to the point where it's like none of us are none of us are this amazing none of us are the best singers on the planet none <laughs> right. of us are the best musicians right like and, and trying this constant striving to be the best is just robbing us of all the joy that could be had in
2: being musicians right and it's all circumstantial, like it's all—it's all an illusion. It's a fabrication. Like the the band itself is a fabrication. It's a label that you put on to something that you're creating. But at the end of the day, it's not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even these songs that we listen to, you can't see the song.
1: It's all a facade. You're just,
2: it's all a facade. You're just experiencing it in the moment. And that was—that's the other thing too. Is like my entire life, my parents still have no fucking clue what I do. <laughs> I mean, mine too. Like they have they, no idea. They've been to shows, but they don't get it. Like they don't <laughs> quite understand what's happening, or why people are into it, or like what's going on. That's great. And so, I, my whole life has kind of been this this whole thing where. This whole roller coaster ride, where maybe one minute I'm on stage and people really appreciate what I do, or people know who I am or 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 like my band or want to be a part of that group or that community of people. and then the next day, you know, I'm at a work cookout with my wife, and nobody there gives a shit, oh yeah, who I am or what I do and doesn't really want you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because it's also like kind of this really nerdy thing like well I produce it's very easy, yeah, it's exactly. very easy.
1: No, so I have this experience all the time where there are people who come there are people who send me emails yeah and messages on twitter or whatnot and who are like your work has helped me find myself your work has helped me you know has changed my life and well
2: you're the creator of google maps so. i'm the creator of google maps i'm
1: i help people find themselves and find you know find their destination right and so there are some people who really really love my stuff but it's such a tiny niche crowd and there it's such a tiny niche weird crowd while at the same time i manage a grocery store like that's (laughs) what i do for the majority of my time yeah you know i'm doing customer service i'm helping little old ladies take their groceries out to the car like that's that's my life
2: you're facilitating joy on more than just on multiple levels more than just a content creation yeah, absolutely.
1: And I hope to, <coughs> to be able to keep doing that. Yeah. Anyway. I love
2: it. I feel like overall this song is like a, it's a pump up for me. Me like, too. Like it's something that I feel like hyped. It's helps a great morning song. Hyped. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I
1: really, really, really do like it.
2: Like the lines.
1: Especially because Nicki Minaj was spoiled for me because I remember, okay, confession moment. Back in 2013 Okay, when my boyfriend broke up with me, right. it was my first boyfriend and he broke up with me totally out of the blue and i remember it was ash it was the night before ash wednesday so it was the night before i was going to go get confirmed in the catholic church right i was listening to Nicki minaj why i have no idea (laughs) and then i got drunk on a gigantic bottle of moonshine oh wow and i mean it i it was it was about that that big And I drank about half of it. So by
2: the time you got there, you were highly flammable.
1: I was, yes. I would just, I already go up in flames. I already burned the building down, but (laughs) (laughs) even more so. And so now whenever I listen to pop music like that, I'm just taken back to that season of my life of nearly killing myself. Like I probably should have been hospitalized after that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, good times. (laughs) Anyway, so this is like, this is like that kind of music 2.0. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, fresh yeah. music that I can enjoy yeah. without those associations.
2: No, I I love that. I hope that it doesn't sound too snarky to say like right before our it band does initially yes, broke it will. up it will it's it gonna will. it's gonna i'm just going to lean into it <laughs> mm-hmm. we had done we had just done a bunch of shows with a band called 21 pilots so like they are now they're one of Huge. the biggest bands they're gigantic. in the universe yeah um they've won grammys done all kinds of really cool stuff and i remember playing these shows with them and like watching them get on stage and i i thought that they were immensely talented and also kind of fun hangs as well but i wasn't quite i wasn't into their music yeah at all that's not a secret like i'm pretty sure i've said that before everybody's just like into different stuff and it's
1: fine yeah it's totally fine i I have friends whose work i'm not really all that into but i love what they're doing nonetheless right like i love their skill i i admire their skill right and their or, or, mastery, the, or their process, or their process, yes. and I'm like, but you know, the end result isn't quite my cup so of that's tea, and that's totally
2: fine. fair. like So I think that would be a totally fair assumption about me with Twenty One Pilots, like hmm. immensely talented guys. I'm just like, what for whatever reason, it's not something that I reach for on my Spotify. But having said that, with this song, it was I was kind of like, I was in a place where I was like, well, I wonder if I were if I were like making fun of a track that Twenty One Pilots did. <laughs> <laughs> what would that sound like? And so i the initial thoughts and ideas, like the little lead line at the beginning of it, all of that stuff kind of comes from like some older twenty one pilot stuff that I remember hearing. And I was like, Well, I wonder what would happen if I just kind of parody make, make fun of this and parody it for a second. Yeah. And then ultimately ended up becoming this song. <laughs> Which is a really cool song. Yeah. But and I hope that I hope that nobody finds that offensive. There's like there's a lot of times where I'll throw on different bands in the studio if I'm like, well, I'm not it's not really feeling anything today. Hmm. I could throw on like a no FX track or something by metric or even old like ELO. Mm -hmm. And there's a cool vibe there. There's one thing I can say about that band. They have an immense amount of vibe and super, super cool production qualities and values to what they do. So, yeah. And I just thought in that spirit, why not just kind of make a poppy little happy throwaway song? I love it. Yeah, it's great. All right. Shall we move on? Is that enough commentary on that Um, one when I'm looking through the lyrics? So the put a fist through a rich kid's mouth is is actually comes from a band that we were on tour with who the lead singer was a rich kid. And you wanted to put a fist through his mouth. He was a complete asshole.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. so so question.
2: What is it
1: with so many bands? Yeah. Who are such assholes?
2: I think it's because they take themselves so seriously, and
1: they're so insecure. Right, their ego is there's so m- fragile. There's that, massive insecurity. Right,
2: as soon as they fi- as soon as they encounter somebody who doesn't buy into their ego, yeah, they or feel someone who is
1: that. or someone who might be doing something different or doing something better than them.
2: Yeah, maybe I, I try not to take it too far to where like I end up being the hero in that situation. You are the but hero, I'm, but I'm. You like, are
1: the Lord and Savior, Matt. You are um, my Lord and Savior. That's, you've already covered this
2: i'm putting in my six weeks notice okay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there was this kid who we were on tour with and i remember we had all had like a pretty um a pretty crazy show oh, a and lot i of have stuff. to say by yeah. the way
1: i have been this person that you're talking you've about. been this person i have been this person
2: wait till you hear the rest of the story okay cause i don't I, want I to think about you as being this no
1: person. i have i can just say the the person with the fragile oh, ego no. the person who's been a douchebag and super fragile yeah super insecure that has been me yeah. A younger Stephen, that that was me. Yes, one hundred percent. So I'm not I'm not saying any of this like out of malice. Okay, okay. Just to head No, up. and Continue. I'm not either.
2: I'm just telling you like my just telling this story. With, because I hate talking shit about people. Okay, sorry but this to was, interrupt. I can't let this go. Still to this day. Okay, sorry we to interrupt. We have played the show. The show was like a little bit weird. It was kind of rough. There was a really good crowd there, but it was just there were some technical issues and different things. So I, everybody was a little bit on edge, super ready to get their beds at the hotel. And... Go to sleep. So we all, all the bands pull up to this hotel. We're all like loading in here. Some of us are sitting around the lobby, just kind of waiting for the tour manager to show up. So because all the keys are under his name. I just remember this lead singer walking up to walking up to this receptionist. Is that what you would call them at a hotel? A receptionist. The front desk. Front desk at the hotel, and ask for his keys. The lady clearly couldn't find the keys or didn't feel like she was able to give him the keys to his room because. His room wasn't in his name, it was under the tour manager's name, which is what we're all sitting there waiting for. This kid goes ballistic. I had never seen him behave this way before. He started calling her names. He was telling her that she was awful at her. He's screaming this at her in the lobby. And we're all sitting around kind of watching it happen. Oh, dear. And he tells her that he wants his goddamn keys and that it doesn't matter. Like, she should be professional enough to to read the room and to give him what he asked for. Then he tells her that she's fucking terrible at her job and that she's better off working somewhere like Walmart <clears throat> where all the other idiots work. Wow. And so we're all kind of sitting here like watching the volume raise oh, on this no. situation. So finally, I don't know what transpires between them, but we're all kind of looking at each other and I push away from the table and stand up because I'm about to go over here and just punch this because this poor lady is not being belligerent to this to this guy yeah. whatsoever. She's, She's just, just doing trying her job. to explain what's going on. Yeah. And he's not having any of it. And I, I'm not a violent person. I have chronic dreams where I'm trying to punch people and I can't.
1: Because <laughs> oh my, my punches God, me are too. too slow. Oh, my God, me too. Yes, It's like punching through molasses.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine inflicting harm on another person, <laughs> like, in real life. I'm just not that guy. Yeah. Low testosterone levels or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but I was about to, I, like, I felt like I was completely within my right to just go over here and beat the shit out of this kid. Yeah. Because of how he was responding to this girl. And I got up to walk over there, and as soon as I stood up, she grabs keys and hands it to him, and he walks away. <sighs> Yelling insults to her the entire time. Oh my god! But I was just like, that was the one time where I felt like I would have been completely within my right. <laughs> yeah, was this a band that <laughs> to any the of us shit out of would recognize? I don't want to say who the band is because I'm not. Of course, I'm no, not trying but to talk shit. But th- that's course. my story. That was my experience that I had with this person, and I still, it still gives me chills when I think about how absolutely grotesque he was. Yeah, to this poor girl.
1: So I never went to those heights of douchebaggery but i i i can unfortunately relate yeah to that story I've been on both sides of that you know like being the uh, being the customer service person on Mm. the receiving end of it oh no and you know being the manager that that people have to talk to (laughs) the I want to talk to your manager lady the (laughs) Sharon's and the Karen's (laughs) I have I have had to face off with so many Karen's but I've also been the horrifically terrible douchebag not not necessarily to service workers But to, to other people. Yeah. And you know what broke that in me was actually depression.
2: What what broke that whole cycle
1: of just toxic, fragile masculinity and arrogance.
2: Do you think that it brought about a sense of empathy in you for others?
1: It brought about a sense of empathy, but it also kind of just brought me to my absolute lowest. And <laughs> and it, it it reset everything. So sorry. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> No, it it just that the experience of extreme brokenness and depression reset my expectations for life. Mm. It used to be that and this kind of ties into not taking yourself too seriously. This ties into being able to laugh at yourself as an artist and just be comfortable with where you are and being able to, I don't know, be grateful and and accept your weird fans. We both have very weird fans. Yeah. And we love them so much. It's very I true. love my weird little <laughs> satanic flock. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it re yeah, the experience of extreme depression reset my expectations for life. Where it used to be that it's like if I'm not the absolute best then I'm not mm. good enough yeah and that therefore meant that whenever I encountered someone better than me or someone who had more popularity than me or more skill than me I was deeply threatened it shatters your world it shattered my world mm. it just sh- it devastated me yeah but it got to the point my depression got to the point and my anxiety, it it got to the level of I would wake up in the morning screaming in pain because mm. it felt like my brain was on fire. Yeah, and just nonstop pain. It, Andrew Solomon, the author, talks about the feeling as like when you trip on the street and there is that momentary void in your body. Yeah, and it's horrible that horrible, horrible feeling. Right. It's that feeling twenty four seven. And when it when that finally lifted. Yeah. It's like, as long as I'm not feeling that, life is great. Mm. Life is so good. And as long as there are people enjoying my work and as long yeah. as I have friends and as long as I have people I can care for and as long as I'm making yeah. stuff that makes me happy and this little group of people happy, it's like life is great. I'm it's so, suddenly reset. i so glad that you said that. Yeah. It reset everything.
2: I feel like that's exactly the spirit and the vibe of what I was trying to do with this song. It's just yeah. a reminder to not take yourself seriously that as much as we love things that feed our ego there's no joy in that it's just self-satisfaction you know what i mean it's not true joy true joy i feel like is the absence of that it's the absence of ego it's the being able to kind of poke fun at yourself
1: and and you know the most pleasurable moments in life i think the, Mm -hmm. the the moments of the most pure joy and pleasure and fulfillment are times when we actually completely forget ourselves. Mm. You know, we have these brains that are so developed that they're constantly telling these stories. We're constantly simulating the past and the future and like this story of the self, this story about who we are. And that helps us survive, but it's also kind of this persistent form of suffering. Mm. The times that people experience the greatest joy is when we're finally able to shut down that story. Yes. When we're finally able to turn off that narrative. And so it's called, you know, the flow state where you and part of that is just ego obliteration. Yes. Your your sense of self, that story that's just constantly yammering in the yeah. background about who you are and what you did yesterday or what you're going to do in the future or how that person slighted you or how yeah. you feel about someone or something. That story gets shut down. And suddenly you're out of yourself. Yeah. And so it's like the most awesome experiences of media or with friendship or having sex or drug experiences. You know, they're positive and negative ways to experience right. that. But really, when people are pursuing pleasure, I think it's always to shut down that story. Right. About ourselves. Mm. That that never-ending ego talk. Yeah. And those are the most blissful and
2: amazing experiences in our life. I love that. I love the little reminders to put in a different tape about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we can move on from that song to the next one. Is this, is this the Red Cup one? This is, <laughs> this is, is, Red, this is
1: the Red Cup one. Okay, I, of all the songs on this album... I think this one is the goofiest, and I love it. It absolutely is. I, I love this song, and it it's so ridiculous.
2: Yeah, this was, I, I, I'm pretty sure that this song came the quickest in terms of like <laughs> ri- <laughs> in terms of writing, because um, this is, I still look at this right now, and I'm like, um, it's Did we say the name of this song? It's, it's almost completely freeform. Yeah, this song is called Battle Cats, um, and it's just like a, like a big kind of bro down, high five, like <laughs> nerd computer rock song.
1: 90s, growing up in the 90s. Yeah, it's just, yeah
2: pop culture references and everything. I feel like that's, yeah, this is where all of that just kind of turned into 90s, 2000s pop culture vomit.
1: This is a, listening to this, I definitely overdose on pop culture references. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like to see how many I can fit in. Literally every single
1: fucking line, line. <laughs> <laughs> almost is a pop culture handout.
2: <laughs> I feel like it had been a really long time since we had wrote like a party song that just kind of was like, let your freak flag fly. Uh-huh. And to me, that's kind of what this song ended up being with like little bits of of actual snarkiness in there. Like, All
1: right. Shall I do a shall I do a reading?
2: Yeah, which what do you want to do the reading of?
1: Let's do the second one.
2: Okay. <clears throat>
1: they call me Red Cup. Cause I'm solo. Going full metal nerd on some Chad in a polo. Taking up my downtown areas in slow-mo. This ain't the ocean bother. Why y'all got a showboat? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's that to line. Say brother. <laughs> <laughs> brother oh (laughs) i was like this makes no sense okay (laughs) hold up y'all should know though i what i had hadouken hadouken Hadouken. Hadouken? (laughs) i hadouken like street fighter Two turbo find your zen find your inner slow globe is it slow globe god damn it matt i know i didn't know
0: (laughs) i didn't know proofreading (laughs) on these lyrics
1: that's okay um But you got to but you got a lot to lose if you choose to be a bro though. (laughs) So Matt, what does this mean?
2: This is so that verse Uh is complete revenge fantasy on my part. Okay. Yeah. For really, (laughs) really dumb reasons. I feel
1: like there's a lot of revenge fantasy in these lyrics.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, I do feel like this is kind of a revenge fantasy song. Like, imagining myself being a lot tougher than I actually am in real life (laughs) is where a lot of these (laughs) lyrics come from. And even when I'm trying to be tough, it still comes out like a fucking nerd. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, like, that verse is me imagining being able to exact revenge on all of the, like, yuppie yuppie um, bros class bros that are like completely taking over everything in Asheville oh my god right yes. now like all these cool breweries and places like night spots that we used to love to go to yeah now we can't because it's all these guys yeah I was like, always on Lexington bring, Avenue on business trips with their escorts and they are just shit-faced hammered vomiting everywhere like
1: I, I just know
2: completely killing my vibe <laughs> yes if downtown Asheville right now and that sounds a little boomer of me like I, I get it like well Matt places grow and things get more successful and, and bigger and like that's what happens to yes, every town that's grow, doing well for itself and I'm so happy that they are. But sometimes but, like cancer
1: right, sometimes like goddamn tumors and this right. is a tumor. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, needs yeah, yeah. to it needs to be <laughs> cut out.
2: Or it's just a sad reality of what happens when something gets really popular, like yeah, it gets that watered too. down and that too, and becomes harder for people to enjoy the little, the little nuggets in there. <laughs> so the, as, the
1: sparkles. as, as you're talking about revenge fantasy, uh, just last night, actually someone, a really good friend of mine after a, a really good friend of mine was like, so what do you do when you're realizing that you are super dysfunctional and you need therapy, but you can't afford therapy? And I looked at her, and I was like, so what you do, you go buy a mic, <laughs> <laughs> you start a podcast, right.
0: <laughs> or you start writing songs about it, yes. or you start a blog.
1: Like, when you can't afford therapy, do what we do. Yes. That, <laughs> that's write that's songs so about it, start a podcast, and, or write a blog, or whatever. That's what you do. No, you can't it's, it's so
2: true. I feel like it's kind of what the artistry is. Like, this is a complete, like, fluff, throwaway song. But in a lot of ways, it's really cathartic for me. And I, yeah. I love it. It's a it's a little joy pill. Out me. here,
1: like Bagheera <laughs> and a man cub, lips zipped like the first rule of Fight Club. Just a champion made out of mighty, mighty duck stuff. If you're bored with a Gryffindor, come cuddle with a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's still me trying to be, like, hip-hop tough to no avail (laughs) whatsoever.
1: I think you're doing it wrong. This is you trying to be hip-hop tough? What is that? (laughs) Like, Eminem? (laughs) Like, what does that mean?
2: Oh, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't be so presumptuous as to assume that I can even approximate any of that, because I'm not that guy. But this was just a fun thought experiment for me that... Okay. I was like, a lot of our fans are nerds anyway, so. Absolutely. I was like, people people will probably enjoy that. I hope they do. Yeah, your fans are
1: great. I hear from a lot of them because they start listening to Sacred Tension.
2: I love that. Yeah, I love I, it too. I'm so proud of our fan base, like the 11D fans. You I feel be. like we've always been that band that kind of attracts the the weird outsiders. We've never been like a band that the mean girls are going to be into, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like Regina George is not going to bump Battle Cats. For sure. Yeah.
1: Okay, so speaking of which, it, that just conjures memories of last year at Wild Goose when it was right after you played, and I was running your merch table, <laughs> and and this poor dorky kid, just the sweetest kid, and he had like a bit of a lisp, and he had the glasses, <laughs> and he was definitely in like chess club, yeah, he was de or a band kid he was me like that's the way I was when I was in middle school like I was the most awkward
2: no that was me dorky
1: yes exactly Couldn't hold a conversation yeah couldn't hold a conversation and for those who don't know wild goose is this kind of festival way way out in the woods and there's no internet connection for these poor kids who get dragged there by their parents and (laughs) and it's all and it's a bunch of like cafe music with like you know lesbian strumming on guitars. Particularly like lesbian which, folk rock. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I love that, It's a, and it's a really, really cool space. But this kid, super dorky, came up to me. He was like, thank you so much. <laughs> this is the kind of music I listen to, and there isn't any internet connection here, <laughs> and I haven't been able to listen to it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, it was so sweet. It's so adorable. And I'm like, I'm so glad. I'm happy for you. I know. It was super cute. I love being a little
2: piece of the internet when the Wi-Fi is off.
1: (laughs) You are cat memes. That's it. You are, you are, yes, I'm, my brain is glitching on uh, (laughs) other internet references. No. You are Reddit. No, don't be Reddit. That place is terrifying. How are we doing on time, by the way? Rebecca? How how are we doing?
2: Uh, we're, we're good. We can probably... Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess closing thoughts on these two songs. Like, they really are, they really are, like, artisan, crafted to be, like, some pump-me-up espresso shots of, yeah. of, of pop music. And
1: so dorky and so stupid. It's so
2: dorky, is it? But... And, and I love it. But the it. weird thing is, I feel like they they are pretty reflective. Yes, of they like are. Who like we are like, as a band, and how goofy we actually are. In like real if you life. get
1: beneath the surface, there's actually a lot there. I'm suddenly reminded of John Waters, where he says to have very bad taste, you have to have very good taste. Mm. And I think this is reflective of that. <laughs> 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 honestly, honestly, like this, like it's so stupid. Like these songs are just so dorky and so much fun. But I think in order to craft a really stupid, silly song. You have to actually be a pretty good musician, in my opinion. I
2: hope that's true. (laughs) It is true.
1: No, you're a wizard. You're a fucking wizard. You're You're so good at what you do. Okay. Well, we've gone
2: gone the time for this one, so I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. We might even put these out back to back, but I just want to make sure that we're not getting too rambly and that we make sure that the commentary for this record can be digested in bite-sized bits. Yeah. So, I'm probably
1: not the best person to have on if you don't want it to be rambly. You're not. Oh, you're yeah, not. I know. But I
2: like having you here. I like being so. here. <laughs> All right, so we will see you next week on Eleven D Life and Sacred Tension. Bye.
0: when the stress test puts pressure on your purse, know